Welcome back to Maryland Sports Mashup. I am Andrew, and today I'm going to be talking about the NFL, answering some of your questions. Those questions include stuff like Maryland football and some NFL questions that I'll be getting to in my first segment of the NFL. I might go into the NBA draft a little bit, but I'll start off with my picks for Week 11 in the NFL. So we had, First, we had a very good game last night, 28-21, to 21, the Seahawks. The Seahawks did... Their defense did better than what I've heard they've been doing. It was my first Seahawks game watching this season. And I heard their defense wasn't that good. But their defense, from what I saw last night, was pretty good. Kyler Murray was pretty good. Then the first game I got on here, I got the Steelers versus the Jags. I got the Steelers improving to 10-0 and against the Jaguars. This next game is pretty interesting. The 4-5 and Lions against the 3-7 and Panthers. The Panthers' starting quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, is questionable. Christian McCaffrey's out. But the Lions, Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift are both out. So that's going to be an interesting game. I have the Lions winning that, though. I don't know. That game's going to be... That game's hard to pick. I feel like it might be just a bad game. And we got Patriots-Texans. Got the Patriots winning that one. Ravens-Titans, 6-3 and three for 6-3. and three. Might have playoff implications later. I got Lamar winning that one. This game's interesting because for the NFC East, my my favorite division, the Eagles against the Browns. The Eagles, if they win this, because they're 3-5-1, and one, they'd be up one and a half games over everyone else. But the Browns, very good two running backs in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I have them improving into 7-1. and one. I mean, 7-3. and three. This will have also the NFC, I mean, the AFC North is going to be very good in the playoffs. They have the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns. The next game is pretty interesting because Taysom Hill was named the starter over Jameis Winston for the Saints because Drew Brees was placed on IR. If you do not, if you play in an ESPN league for fantasy football, they have not fixed this yet. So pick up Taysom Hill and put him put him in at tight end, and he's getting starting quarterback numbers at your tight end or flex position. So you got the, it hit Taysom Hill and his start against the Falcons. Not that good of a defense. I think Taysom Hill will be able to win that game. And like I said, put him in your fantasy lineups. Might be sneaky. I'm going to talk about the Washington Bengals game a little later because they're Washington's my favorite team. And Chargers Jets. 0-9 Jets going to go down to 0-10. But the Chargers finally won't blow a lead. They're 2-7. They've blown a couple leads. We got Tua in his third start playing the Broncos. Tua is going to improve into 7-3 and three and tie for the division with the Bills. This game, if Tua wins, he's going to be in a good playoff position. Cowboys-Vikings, more bad teams. Cowboys 2-7, and seven, Vikings 3-5. and five. Vikings probably going to take this one over the Cowboys. Then we got Packers against the Colts. The Colts are 6-3, and three, the Packers are 7-2. and two. The Colts are in the AFC South, which I got a question asked about, and I'll be answering that a little later. But So they need this game because they're tied for the first in that division, but I think the Packers are going to take that. Then we got the 8-1 Chiefs against the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Pretty good game. The Raiders beat the Chiefs last time. Patrick Mahomes is going to lead his team to 9-1. Then Monday Night Football, we got Bucks, Rams, Tom Brady, who had an amazing game last week, Ronald Jones, Mike Evans, Gronk. Gronk had a touchdown. 
Tom Brady's going to win. Okay, I'll be back in a minute with my questions. I said I was going to do the questions next, but I actually want to talk about the Washington football team's game against the Bengals this weekend. One main thing I want to bring up is, because I feel like this game's going to be pretty close, Dustin Hopkins should not be on the team anymore. He's 12 for 17 on field goals, which is about 70%. And two of those field goal misses, one was against the Giants where they lost 20 to 19. Field goals were three points. So if you see three points plus 19, 22, 20, would have been a win. And then this weekend, he missed one. We lost 30 to 27. It wouldn't have won the game, but it would have at least tied it and given them a better chance to win. He's missed field goals in in five games. You five five games, I'm pretty sure. And that's just not what you want in a NFL kicker. And like I said, two of those were in key games. But we have the number one overall draft pick, Joe Burrow, against the number two overall draft pick, Chase Young. Chase Young, if you did not know, Joe Burrow played at Ohio State before he transferred to LSU. So Chase Young played against him in, like, practice. And I think Chase Young Chase Young probably sacked him a couple times because Chase Young is better than Joe Burrow. Unpopular opinion, but it's my opinion. So I feel like that game is going to go to Washington. It's going to be a very close one. Like I said, that's why I feel the kicker is going to be a crucial position. Now to get to my NFL questions. First, I got asked by, um, wait, I'm not going to say who it's by, but I got asked, who are the top five teams in each conference for the NFL? So for the NFC, the NFC, the top three teams probably be switched around because you got Seahawks, Cardinals, Packers, Saints, and Bucks. Top three, Packers, Cardinals, Seahawks, could probably all be switched around. Saints and Bucks at the bottom. Drew Brees. With his injuries, Saints are probably going to drop out of that. Unless Taysom Hill, I'll see what he can do this weekend. I'll talk about that in the next episode of the podcast. This is episode two. The AFC, the Steelers, 9-0. Even though they haven't played the hardest teams, you still have to respect that they're undefeated because that's hard to do through nine weeks in the NFL. No matter who you're playing, do you go out there nine weeks and play hard? It just That's just incredible. Then I have the Chiefs at eight and one, Ravens at six and three, Bills at seven and three, and the Browns at six and three. If you di- if you didn't know, three of those teams are in the AFC North. Another question I got asked is, how do you feel about the AFC South? Who's going to win? Are the Titans frauds? That was asked by Trained Professionals podcast. You should definitely go listen to them. So in the AFC South, the, the Colts are six and three, the Titans are six and three. The Texans are two and seven. The Jags are one and eight. The Colts and the Titans are mainly who this is race is between. The Colts on the remaining schedule have Green Bay, Tennessee, the Texans, Las Vegas Raiders, the Texans, Pittsburgh, and the Jaguars. I have them losing to Green Bay, losing to Tennessee, beating the Texans, losing to Las Vegas, beating the Texans again, losing to the Steelers. The Steelers are going to be sixteen and zero, and then. Beating the Jaguars that would put them at nine and seven, which is pretty good for that division because that's usually what the division leader from that division gets. The Titans, on the other hand, I have them losing to Baltimore this weekend, beating Indiana, Indian Indianapolis. I mean Indianapolis Colts, 
losing to the Browns, beating the Jags, beating Detroit, losing to Green Bay, and then beating the Texans, putting them at 10-6 and six and winning the division. So I do not think the Titans are frauds. They not they might not be as good as everyone thinks, but they're going to win the division, in my opinion. And I'm going to talk about the NFC East because i got a question about them. Now that the Giants beat the Eagles, this division's a much closer race. We have the Eagles at 3-5-1, and one, the Giants at 3-6, and six, and Washington at 2-7. Two, two and seven. The Cowboys are at 2-7, and seven, but in my opinion, the Cowboys are out of it. Just because without Dak and the way they're playing, just they're not going to have a chance. Washington is probably going to slowly drop out of that. And I feel like my opinion still holds from last episode. The Eagles are going to make it. I got a question about one of my favorite players, Terry McLaurin. Who is better, him or DK? So I watched some. I watched a couple highlights on both of them. I feel like they're they're different players. They're both fast, but if you watch them, DK to get away from other players, he uses his strength and just pushes players over. While Terry uses his speed to get around players. Their stats right now. Our Terry has 787 yards. DK has 862. They both have one fumble. Terry has three touchdowns. DK has nine. Terry has 57 catches. DK has 48. These are this year's catches. I mean stats. One thing that you have to look at, though, is Terry's quarterbacks he's played with in his first two seasons are Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, and Kyle Allen, while DK's only played with Russell Wilson. So, DK's got way, way, way big advantage on Terry McLaurin there. Because I am a Washington fan, as you know, and there are some passes where Terry is wide open, touchdown, but the quarterback does not throw a good throw. So I think DK gets a, a big advantage from that. But if you watch the game last night, or maybe not last night, but Thursday night football, DK got a ball, hit him right in the like face, and then just went to the ground. I don't know how he didn't catch that. I don't know who's better. They're 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 different players. I feel like they're they're both better. Like Terry's better at speed. DK's better at strength. This is a hard decision because I'm a Terry fan, so I like Terry. And when you, if you've watched Washington, and you're like a or a Washington fan, you can just tell when Terry has the ball. Terry's just electric on the field. He's fast. He's making moves. So that's I really like Terry. One underrated Washington player, Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson is a stud out there. He had two touchdowns against the Lions. I said this on Doc and Galdi. Before the season started, and they were asking, what position do you feel strongly about? I called in and I said, I think Antonio Gibson's going to be a Christian McCaffrey-like player. Not like Christian McCaffrey, but a, like have a skill set like him, like wide receiver and running back. So I feel like that prediction is going very well. I got that prediction because I watched a little film on him at Memphis, and he looked pretty good. So I like what he's doing right now. Watch out for him in the future. I hope the Reds, um, Washington locks him and Terry up long term, because that would be good to see. Because then we got two offensive weapons locked up long term. Okay, I'm gonna go to the next segment. Okay, for the final segment, I'm gonna talk about some Maryland football and some NBA draft with my friend Sean. So the first question I got for you, Sean, is 
I know you're a big Maryland fan. I got I got to ask, do you think they can win out and possibly win the Big Ten championship? Yeah, this – so with them being off two weeks at least, I don't, I'm not really too sure about our schedule. I haven't actually looked in a while. But coming off these two weeks, it would be it would be pretty difficult to win out with how good of a team Indiana is. And then our track record against Michigan – even though Michigan isn't the most built, like isn't isn't the most power, like they're not as much of a powerhouse as they've been. It they was still good. got recruits and stuff. Yeah, they still got good. They still got good players. And Michigan's kind of in the swing of things. They haven't had their corona. Um, I don't think they've had any games canceled yet. And Maryland's had back-to-back games canceled. The Ohio State game being canceled is a make-or-break game. If they win, it's the biggest. Like that's huge, massive for Maryland. If they lose that then they kind of have no shot of making the, the um, Big Ten championship. But that game against Michigan State would be huge to get because that could be a tiebreaker game as Michigan State is unanimously the worst team in the Big Ten. And that, that would have been a – if we could win against them and then get back into the swing and things, that would be huge. But then having to play next week against uh, – I'm pretty sure it's Indiana – is rough, and then ending the year with an easy as we end the year with Rutgers, that'd be easier if we had them in the middle right now. We could kind of like roll into harder games with them. But so I don't think they'll do it. There is a chance in the tiebreaker scenario if we beat if we went out and Indiana beats Ohio State would would be a really interesting situation. Yeah, but the one problem Maryland runs into is they they only have three games left on their schedule to bring their total to six, and to qualify for the Big Ten playoffs, you have to have six games played. So if they lose another one, they won't even qualify. Yeah, with that six, with the three games too, they would have to win all three. But the big, also Nick Cross is probably the most notable player with Corona. So he's our best defensive back by far. He had a huge game against Penn State, and without him, I don't see how we beat other teams' pass defenses. So that would be that's that's a really hard thing. And then the Big Ten's Corona situation is I think they have the hardest corona restrictions, which is you have to sit out 21 days quarantine or 21 days without being on the field or something in that room. And, and yeah, with only Clemson, three weeks left on the schedule. And Clemson and Trevor Lawrence, you only had to sit out 10 days. So yeah, big- ACC ACC is way different. I think the Big Ten has zero games that have fans' attendance. The ACC has, like, the states of Florida – um, I think Notre, yeah, Notre Dame definitely has attendance. South Carolina, I think Clemson North Carolina. Might. Clemson might. I'm not sure. Oh yeah. yeah, Notre Dame definitely does. I saw that game against Clemson. Yeah, yeah, Notre Dame. They storm the field. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, do you what 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 percentage do you think Maryland has of winning out and winning or tying for the Big Ten championship? Their percentage to win out, I'll give it twenty five. Do you think that might be a little high? Do you think Indiana would be able to pull off the Ohio State, even giving Maryland the chance? Um, I think they could. They in Indiana, that's a huge game for them because I think they're like a top twelve team right now, and number- Ohio State is number three in the country. And pretty much, if Notre Dame even like through history, if Notre Dame even slips up in one of the games that they make the game close, they'll probably fall behind Ohio State. And Ohio State is always in the competition. Like last year, they were ranked number one for much of the year. This year, they're ranked third and second for much of the year. Even even as a team that had no games played, they're still ranked top five. Yeah, so, that was 
Indiana with that win would boost them into the college football playoffs or at least in that bubble area. But Notre Dame, it's going to come down to the ACC because Notre the ACC championship game because Notre Dame is undefeated with that one with the win against Clemson and Clemson has lost to Notre Dame. And they they're going to play them in the ACC championship game most likely. So if if Clemson wins and it's a close one, ACC might have two teams in and that might prevent Big Ten having Indiana and Ohio State or one or the other. Yeah. One of them will probably get in, though. Actually, I have a question. So, I, I I know Notre Dame is an independent for football, but this year's different, and they always play an ECC schedule. Are they in the ACC championship game this year? Yes, because yeah. for corona restrictions, you, the ACC is playing, you have to play conference games. Yeah. The, Notre Dame had to join. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, they're in okay. it. So I didn't know that. All right. So they're in it for basketball, though. What the what division is Notre Dame in? Because there's a coast on the Atlantic. They're so they're cool. independent, but this oh, year they're, they're in the ACC. Yeah, yeah, but like, what division were they placed in? Because, or how are they doing the ACC championship? Because normally it's the coastal winner goes against the Atlantic winner. I'm not sure how they're doing it this year. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not – because I don't follow ACC. Because every year I'll turn into the ACC, tune into the ACC championship. It'll be like Clemson, 76. Yeah, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Miami, whoever they're playing. You know, six. Like, just constant blowouts. Clemson Clemson actually has competition this year in the ACC. Yeah, if they go against – I mean, maybe North Carolina. If they do go against Notre Dame, that's that's a marquee matchup. But like, they played them in that game where they stormed the field, and that was yeah. That that game, Clemson's quarterback did really good, but they didn't have Trevor because of Corona. Mm-hmm. So wonder how that would have played out with Trevor. Might have been the same outcome, but you never know. Yeah, I don't know. I I haven't watched any games other than I, I watched a couple of Miami ones, and I'm just watching Maryland. So it's just I find it hard to follow college football this year, especially like I'm not even watching game day today. So in total, you think Maryland has like a 25 percent chance of winning out? Yeah, I'll give them 25 percent. That might be a little bit high, especially with Loxley out and Nick Cross. But Tulia is just I don't I don't think I've ever seen a Maryland quarterback play as well as he's been playing or like as much confidence. Imagine if this was a normal season for Maryland and they've they've never been really that team that's like been like in the mix for the championship as much as they've been this year and if they have Tulia is Tulia gonna return next year yeah so he's a sophomore because he played like he 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 was a mop-up guy he was the third string so he would play those non-conference games fourth quarters and then he would play like the final seconds of a couple of games in the SEC where they're blowing out like an Ole Miss game so I think he played five games total last year only had 12 attempts so he's not a red shirt but he is a sophomore was that at Bama that was at Bama, yeah. Okay. So you think Tulia next year, do you think they have a real shot at winning? I know they have a really, really good class coming up with the 2021 class. I think they're ranked top 25 in the country. At one point, they were ninth. I think that's the highest they got. They have really good D-line. Our D-line in the future will be insane. And our wide receivers coming in, too. Look at Rakim Jarrett. He had two – Two touchdowns, 100-something yards against Penn State, and, and our running backs. And he's from St. John's, local. Yeah. We so have, is he doing really good for them? 
Yeah, he's doing real well for Maryland. He had a bad game against Northwestern. I think he was like one catch for seven yards on like three or four targets. Had a good game against Minnesota and really good game against Penn State. And we have the thing with Maryland that's going to be most interesting in the future, even with our D-line, is we have Penny Boone, a running back from Detroit, who's like 6'1", 250 or something. He's like nicknames himself the mini bus. And then we have Antoine Littleton, who's out at St. John's too. I think he's 6'4", 275 as a running back. Oh, I think I saw him play in the WCAC championship game like two years ago or something. Yeah, that's going to be humong- real He was humongous. Yeah, and he's a he running looked, back. Yeah, he looks more like a D lineman or linebacker. Yeah, that's all I thought. He looks just like a linebacker. He's like, dang, is a running back? You want to move on to another Maryland, Jalen Smith? Yeah. Some people, some people are criticizing that Suns pick. What is your opinion on that? Not at all. This has to be one of the most down drafts, like, most watered-down drafts I've ever experienced. I've been saying to my friends, I wouldn't be surprised if none of these players don't make an all-star team throughout their career. I think – I take that back. I actually think LaMelo Ball is probably going to pan out and be the best. But that Jalen Smith pick is so good for the Suns. They, they're like, oh, he's he's DeAndre Ayton. He's DeAndre Ayton. I think people look at his upper body and only his upper body, and it's really easy to compare him to other forwards but his legs just aren't built like that. So if he could get more legs and he could stay, like, cemented inside the paint, he could be really good. And what at Maryland, he didn't run a pick and roll. He ran a pick and fade. So he could shoot the three ball really well. And that will pair well with CP3. Yeah, and, and in the NBA, big men who can shoot are becoming more of a trend. Exactly. It's the right pickup for the Suns. I don't know if it would be the right pickup for every team. Like, the Spurs who are picking at 11, that's good. But the Kings who are picking at 12, that's not really a great pick. The Warriors who are picking at nine, you know, that's not that's I not think their Warriors best pick. Wiseman at two. The Wizards pick. Oh, Wizards, Wizards, yeah. Warriors with Wiseman at two. That's not the good, best pick. The Warriors could have traded down though and got him. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they did that. So you were talking about this uh, as a like a weak draft class. I have a question for you. Do you think if Wiseman played a whole season in college, this draft class would have been considered better? Well, he played three games, and I think the most competition he played was Southern Charlotte. And now people are like, well, he played at Memphis. But Memphis had Penny Hardaway, and they had Precious. an insane, insane recruiting class. I think they had five top 100, ESPN top 100. They had Precious, who went to the Heat at number 20. Yeah, that, that class was insane. And they didn't play well last year. I don't think they – they fell out of the top 25 and never recouped when Wiseman left. But Wiseman did play well in those three games. I think he was the number one recruit coming out of high school. But there's also no comp. Like, we really don't know what he looks like. So it's just going to be – it's going to be so raw. It'll be like R.J. Hampton, who's coming out of the Bucks. R.J. Hampton's stock he, fell I, so I he got low. traded to the Nuggets yesterday. He got traded to the Nuggets. That's right. Because his parents were, like, mad about him. They had, like, beef with the Bucks. So that, like, R.J. Hampton will be interesting. It's so will – James Wiseman, because we really don't know. I don't know what he looks like. So, one yeah. question I got. You, you think LaMelo's going to be the best? I just – I don't think he'll be able to succeed that much in the Hornets organization because of his father, LeVar. And I think he's just – I think he might have to get traded to somewhere else because LeVar and Michael Jordan have a little bit of conflict. So, that's – it's funny. So, you know how um Skip Bayless criticizes LeBron 24-7? I don't think LeBron has ever said Skip Bayless's name. Now, that's the same with Jordan 
and LeVar Ball. I'm sure Jordan Jordan definitely knows who LeVar Jordan, Ball is. He's Jordan knows he can beat LeVar. LeVar said he could beat him one. Jordan knows yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, but Jordan doesn't care. He's the owner. He there. I've seen stories like he would beat the players so bad in 2014. This is a 50 year old man that he wasn't allowed in the building. Let's not. And 40 year old Jordan ruined Kwame Brown. Jordan will not get near Lamelo. Jordan knows because he did the same thing with Kwame Brown back with the Wizards. No, but Lavar Lavar Ball said he could beat Jordan one. Yeah. LeVar Ball isn't going to be a problem. He wasn't a problem with Magic Johnson on the Lakers. Lonzo just didn't pan out that well. LaMelo is on a team where Devontae Graham was the best last year, playing just kind of like his isolation, um, like wing, like they would pass the ball to the, with the wings with Washington and Bridges. And you add LaMelo, who has height, and he has triple-double potential. I think that's a really good pickup for him. And I think if you look at his highlights back as a freshman, when he was he was fourteen he years old. He reclassified from an eighth grader to a freshman. That yeah, his passing ability. I was watching some of those games. His passing ability is just insane. Yeah. When he's playing, when he's playing with good players, he's really good. He played. He hasn't played with good players since he was a freshman. Spire Academy. They were. I mean, they were pretty good. Like Chino Hills, the most right? hyped game. What? Chino Hills. Chino Hills. Yeah. Had, they had the was... sixth pick from USC too. Onekwe Okongwo. Yeah. They had, and then they had another three. Like that team went undefeated as a public high school and won the national championship. Beat Modern Day by like seventy. That's insane. Yeah, I I think Lamella Ball will be the best. I think Anthony Edwards will be a career seventh man. And I said okay. that like, like not even sixth man, seventh man. Like he's gonna be that second guy off the bench. But like a consistent scorer who puts up like the same amount of points every night. Yeah, but on a bad amount of shots, like. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves just don't know what they're doing. They're trying to get, yeah. like, DeMarcus Cousins. Not DeMarcus Cousins. Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and... Edwards. And what's it? Devin Booker. They're, they're trying to get Devin get Booker, Booker earlier. Booker got that CP3 straight. He's not going to want to be yeah. there now. Booker's, Booker wasn't going to them, but those three together just wouldn't make a team. I feel like the, the Timberwolves just don't know what they're doing. Well, like... I- Cat, I think the players wanted that because they were all friends. Yeah. Cat, it's like it's like getting three art it's like getting future Lil Uzi Vert and um Kodak Black or something. You know, like those aren't three best friends, but it's just like getting three artists because they're all friends together on a track yeah. and it doesn't always end up good. That's what the Timberwolves would be like. They just wouldn't end up good. And they aren't gonna end up good. Anthony Edwards played at Georgia and he really didn't do anything. His team would take fat losses, like I don't when you're looking for a player in the draft, like we saw this with two players from the SEC recently from the Cavaliers, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Yeah. Both got injured and Colin Sexton looked amazing in Alabama. So I'm not really gonna judge that too harshly. But Darius Garland was not good. Yeah. At Vanderbilt. Any Torres ACL. You're talking about friends and stuff together? Yeah. One example of that not working out is Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus Cousins went down and that team just went Badly, and they were both friends. Yeah, it, yeah. The Pelicans team. I think that they had. I'm gonna talk about. I know they were reunited on the Lakers, but on the Pelicans, I remember that was like right after the. It was like 2017, right after trade it, deadline, it or maybe it was before. And I think they went eight and zero, and they were not. The Pelicans weren't good that year. They went eight and zero, and then Demarcus goes down. I think they won a play. I think they beat the Rockets. Or someone. Yeah. 
They beat someone in the playoffs. So do you want to wrap this up with your steal of the draft or maybe two steals? Okay. Steals of the draft is definitely precious going 20 to the Heat. I feel like the Heat just can't lose recently. Like, even though they lost the finals, they're set up for the future. Really good hands. They have outside shooting, inside scoring. They have their floor, a small forward who's their best player. This Another steal is – oh, what, what's his name? Uh, Tyrese Halberton at 12. to the uh, – At 12? To the Kings yeah. at 12, yeah. I feel like that would be a good asset for them, especially because their backcourt is just De'Aaron Fox right now. And they did the the Bogdanovich trade with the Bucks. I don't That's know who they're getting. Their pretty sure. they, the NBA is investigating, but I'm not, yeah, I really don't know what's happening with yeah, that. Yeah, and John Wall wants out, so I don't know what the Wizards are going to do. Maybe they I hope they, maybe they could get Bogdanovich. Yeah, I hope the Wizards get Westbrook. Or no, Bogdanovich. They could get him. Yeah, but they got they re-signed Bertans. Yeah, for five years, 80 mil. My skills, yeah. I think you know, Nico Mannion to the Warriors. I, I, feel, I think that's going to be a good fit for him. I think that is, yeah. Behind Steph Curry and him at a second round, I think that could be a steal of the draft. So I'm, I'm a Warriors fan, right? Yeah. I Nico Mannion, I think, was the worst pickup. And I'm not even sure who was available. And we got another guard out of Bowie, Boise State. Yeah. And I think these were the worst pickups because we had this player, Kai Bowman, last year. Played pretty well. Um, yeah, but with the Clay was... Thompson injury, I feel like this pick could be used a little more than it would have if he was healthy. I know, and I think that's what they're going for, picking those guys. But we had to wave Kai Bowman, and I think he was like a nine points a game. He put a lot of minutes up, but not a lot of scoring. He wasn't efficient. But he's pretty good on defense, and I feel like he could have panned out decently with us, but we just waved him. Like, and we're for what, two, a rookie who was – Played at Arizona and played garbage, and another one who played in Idaho. Like I don't know, I just got. But I think with... Obi Toppin might be a steal at eight. Yeah, Obi Toppin is definitely. He's definitely that... pretty good, and he all he has the most jerseys sold out of all the draft picks. Yeah, that's the first time the uh the Knicks actually won in a while. Because there, I saw this picture from a couple of years ago where the, it was like Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and uh Zion all going to the Knicks, and then. They do it every year. They didn't win the lottery. They didn't sign either Kyrie. They actually went to Brooklyn. Yeah. So I got one last question to wrap this up. Since you're a Big Ten fan, what do you think about Cassius Winston going to the Wizards at in that late? That's definitely the so Cassius Winston. I know he, I know he, I know he can play defense. And I watched him play against Maryland firsthand. He played really good, and he plays really smart. Like, they almost, like, that. you don't really see, like, a really good fit system. But their front court scoring, they had Xavier Tillman. I'm not sure if he got picked up by anyone. I wasn't – I didn't watch the draft. So, I think that's a real good pickoff for the Wizards. He went before be like, Cassius. Xavier Tillman might have won. Yeah, I think he did. But I'm not sure who he went to. But he was really good at Michigan State. And I, I'm not sure why he fell so low. Like, I don't know why I scouts didn't like him. I was hearing unathletic, like – Maybe he didn't have like a lot of like energy, like energy, not energy, but like you know what I mean. Like he wasn't like yeah the, the most athletic of the players. Yeah, I can see that. He was a good body though. He really bullied Jalen Smith out of the paint in that Maryland game at Maryland. But Cassius Winston will be like Isaiah. What Isaiah Thomas was scoring, passing. So like so I think- making other players around him better, like a leader. 
Yeah, that's a good off the bench option. Yeah, and I, they got him at like fifty three. That's pretty good. Yeah. Wait, I want to see that. So, yeah, thank you for coming on. That was a good conversation. Yep. Yeah, bye. I see. Have a good day.